Hey, this is Irene. I've been waiting for you. Thank you for joining me, mixing it up with me right here on The Mix. You're listening to CBiz Media. All right, guys, today we are talking Swaggy versus Savvy. Up next. Select episodes of this podcast are also heard on LICMC Radio. Just listen in Saturday nights at 10 p.m. on LICMC.net. Would you like your content shared on LICMC Radio? Well, send us an email for info. That's cbiztv at yahoo.com. Again, you can email cbiztv at yahoo.com. So before we get into the commentary, I want to give a shout out to fabulous Marquita of Lifestyle Tea. She covered the book uh, Boss Up by Rick Ross in her uh, book club moments. So big shout out to her. And I'm also going to reference the book, the audio book in this episode. But we're talking swaggy versus savvy. We all know what swag is. I don't know if there's a new and better word for it now, but swag, someone that has swag usually has a way, they have a way about them, uh, the way they move, the way they, they speak, they kind of have something that attracts you, something that's a little edgy, maybe a little bit of a bad boy. That's what I think swag, swag is more of a physical um lure in a way to kind of get people's attention maybe even get them to do what you want i i would say manipulation but i won't be heavy (laughs) i won't say it heavily but yeah swag is just kind of a way about somebody that is attractive and that you know people gravitate to and savvy to me i'll connect it with business savvy is more based on your intelligence you know saying things that you know really make somebody think you know it's kind of beyond looks and features it's more of a cerebral or mental thing or an intelligence that also has a way of attracting as well and I connect it to the business world so we're talking swaggy versus savvy concerning hip-hop stars turned maybe moguls in another way uh, I'm going to be referencing well I am referencing uh, Curtis Jackson also known as 50 Cent or Fitty if I'm saying that right um, I don't know if I said it in the hood enough way <laughs> but Fitty you guys know who I'm talking about those that know something about hip hop uh I'm also going to be referencing Shine, also a rapper, and Rick Ross. Again, he has an audiobook, also a rapper. Um, Curtis Jackson also has an audiobook, and that one is called Hustle Harder. So I'll be referencing those audiobooks. But first, I'm going to talk about Shine. I don't know a great deal about him, but I do remember him. 
back in the day, uh, not way far back in the day, but far enough. Um, I know he had a few hits, but I'm not really from deeply familiar with his music. But I know he was out there making hips, hits, not hips, but hits, hits in the hip hop world. Okay, I tried to fix it, guys. Anyway, <laughs> um, I saw him not long ago on Wendy Williams' show where Fat Joe and Remy Ma, they were both guest hosting and he was the guest. And so we kind of got to catch up with him. We knew he was from the rap world and I also found out that he went to prison. And then when he came out, he was reformed in such a way that now he has gone back to his country to represent He is a prime minister in Belize. He's gone political, but he has a heart for his people there in Belize. He was definitely giving me some strong Obama vibes when I saw him on the show. And I really was impressed with the presentation, the turnaround, didn't know when he was in prison. So to see somebody go from that point to doing great things in their country, being a leader, that was definitely to me from swaggy to savvy just for an example uh, now I'm gonna talk about Rick Ross in his book Boss Up and I feel like Rick is still kind of in the swaggy world he's in between swaggy slash savvy and I do want to mention these guys are um, either nearing their 40s or they're in their 40s so you know a lot of people leave the hip-hop game it makes me think a lot lot about sports too you know when you get a certain age they're saying you know it's time to retire similar for hip-hop or if if you don't retire to change course on some on some degree only few people i've seen like dr dre he's mostly producing i don't see him on a lot of tracks but snoop dogg is still in the rap game but he has turned himself into a personality so there has been some transitioning there as we've seen our hip-hop stars get older i definitely have to reference ice cube queen latifah she kind of did that early on um going from hip-hop to really getting into acting in the entertainment business uh, but it's like all about transitioning taking that swaggy with you and turning it into savvy you don't have to drop the swag you know the swag is still important it still has a level of attraction to it so you don't want to drop the swaggy you don't have to drop it but as you get older i think we become a little bit more cerebral and maybe more thoughtful i don't know and we kind of see beyond the visual because we've been burned by the visual at times and we know we have to see beyond that and just also in the business world if you want to be taken seriously you have to be more than just swag and a lot of music artists and I I should reference Curtis Jackson uh, but a lot of music artists and he kind of talked about it in his book um, Hustle Harder He's actually done more than one book, but you could kind of get caught up with the record company. You feel like they have everything under control, but you have to have that background intelligence to know, you know, what's going on with this deal. Is this deal legit? Is the paperwork work right? Am I being used and manipulated here or is this or is this correct? And of course, you do want to have a lawyer there to represent you as well. It's not that you'll know everything, but to be intelligent enough to know, yes, that at least you need a lawyer or representation there. 
So even in the world of swaggy, the world of hip hop, you still need to have a level of intelligence if you want to be successful and ride it out longer than one or two hits or one or two albums. But getting back to Rick Ross's book, Boss Up, again, I, I feel like when he when I was looking at pictures of him because I was trying to put things together, he always had a sense of, you know, an elevated sense of style. He was not just, you know, dressed in what what some would say a thug style with the with the hat turned backwards which they probably don't even do that anymore (laughs) but maybe the big chain they still do the chains but he wasn't ever that type of rapper he always looked like he was uh i say kind of like a pimp like a classy pimp okay He, he does have kind of a pimp style um but a little bit classy so he never had that straight up hood thug mentality he's like maybe a hood rich style that you might you might connect him with that but he talks about one thing i want to pull out from his book is how he took that swaggy you know when you become a a superstar or even before that when you in the world of hip-hop when you're in the streets you want to look the part you want to have the best you want to have the best kicks you want to have the the gold chain the gold um the the rolex or whatever expensive watch you want to have the maybach and all of these things and he got all those things and he got the property and he got the mansion so he took this mansion it wasn't just for visual effect or just so people will think or feel that you are something big which in swagginess it's more of a visual it's more of a put on you may not even have all of that or be all of that but just making people think that you're all of that well he took all of these things that he got in the hip-hop world doing his art and he found a way to repurpose especially he talked about his property his his mansion So it's not just, I just have this beautiful thing. He's taking it and using it and reusing it and repurposing it. So he has more than one property, one of his mansions. He decided to rent out to that, to a popular film. If you guys remember coming to America is part two of coming to America. He rented his mansion out so that they did production there and he was paid a nice sum of money. So now that he's done that, that's on his resume. And I'm sure that there's other um, movie and production companies checking for him. Now he has a new stream of income beyond the hip hop, beyond what he he was doing, his baseline, which got him started. He talks about also the struggle and almost wanting to give up in the hip hop world. And something happened like just before he gave up that kind of opened the doors for him and I that sounds like a blessing to me but I enjoyed his book it was a little bit to me a little bit profanity laced I feel like he was trying to talk to his audience the people that listen to his music so he didn't want to just come straight with his book like everyone else um, so it was a little bit much profanity in my opinion but I still saw the intelligence in it it still made sense to me I do think that the book works uh, so that's a little bit of his story taking his swag actually and making his swag work for him is kind of what he did all right now i'm gonna hit curtis jackson 
also known as 50 Cent. He wrote with Eminem. That's my memory of him. I remember being a big fan of Eminem and then 50 coming out under him and making a name for himself. And I was not like, while 50, I wasn't like really, really into him. Uh, but, you know, he, do, he does have a great body. And I know Vivica keeps talking about <laughs> keeps talking about him but I don't think it's just for his body because when I was listening to his audiobook I was saying I I see something of what she saw in him because he was speaking intelligently um and he did the book in his own in his own voice Rick Ross's book I think he had someone else voice the book but I really love to hear the audiobooks when they do use their own voice it definitely honestly it makes me think of a long form podcast like multiple episodes of a podcast the books will be like four or five hours long you can always go back and listen and I got that free connect guys the public library hit them up they have great audio autobiographies of some of the great people that you may love their stories they can inspire you you can learn lessons so I'm really a big fan of autobiographies and it does give me a podcast feel as if I'm listening to their podcast um so that's what it gave me and I love when they use their own voice because I connected immediately to his voice um because I do know some of his music so using your voice especially if you're a powerful person is a great way to attract people in doing that audiobook or podcast or whatever you choose to do because I do see why a lot of celebrities are doing audiobooks it does give me the podcast feel but they are actually getting paid for it so it's kind of that's a savvy in itself that's a smart idea but yeah let's get into his book I I did find out that he actually um was in the world of dope he he was in the dope game that's a real thing you know, I've heard rumors or whatnot. I, I guess I wasn't paying deep enough attention to the realities of, yes, he really comes from that world. And I know a lot of people in the hip hop world do come from that world on some level. Even when I listened to Will Smith's audiobook, um, I found out some things, some places that he came from that aren't so squeaky clean as well. But kind of just coming up, coming up from the hood, coming up from the everyday lifestyle. Uh, maybe not hood, but definitely not rich, um, high class lifestyle. But so Curtis Jackson, he talks about that, and he talks about how he took his um, know-how from selling dope. He took that and and took it into the business world he saw a lot of connections there in the business world and he said the business world was actually even more cutthroat than the street because you know if you're dealing with some street people you know you see the same guy you got a little bit of love and care for that person they're in your hood but these business people they really don't care it's about the dollar signs they don't have an attachment to you they don't have a connection with you it's all about money and the bottom line. So that that world is a lot more cutthroat and than um, the streets. So he made that reference. And he also talked about transitioning from music 
sing being in the rap game at the time cds were still hot albums were still hot where you actually buy them the physical cd <laughs> and he saw the that die out but he learned during that time how to capitalize and sell more albums by going to different um going to different record stores doing meet and greets signing the people's cds and the crowds would be so huge coming just to see him of course his record will sell out in no time and he also found out meet and greets as far as other products he represented were a great way for people to you know they want to see you the star and so then they're going to come and buy that product as well and maybe buy you know, an extra one for a friend so he he kind of mastered that back at that time but then he saw that CDs were dying out, streaming was taking over, so he kind of had to revamp his knowledge. But it's funny how some of that same knowledge can be taken and repurposed into, you know, online and things that are going on today. So he talked about kind of transitioning, seeing that even in his record company, things were dying down and they were going in another direction. And he could tell that they were not paying him the attention they used to pay him. He would hang out at the record company and actually saw how things worked behind the scenes and he kind of worked his own thing because they were not giving him the attention or the positioning that they used to and they were actually starting to focus on new things. So he saw the end was near and he tried to prepare. He didn't just take it lying down or sitting down or say, you know, my run is done. He was always had his eyes open, his his ears open and his mind ready for the next step so he ended up moving into um, pro producing in the world of tv stars and now he has power which is now it has its own universe it has multiple franchises or multiple series or spinoffs so that's now become his claim to front claim to fame and he says one of the chapters in his book is called evolve or die so he had to kind of master the fact that that had to be done he actually even calls out some people in his life people that he knows even other celebrities he points out some of their faults some of the mistakes they made and I guess that he learned lessons from the things that they did and he also learned things about life and how people are a certain way um they have certain issues and hang-ups and things that they have to get over and get through and he even has his had his own and I'm sure he still has some but don't we all so the book was packed with a lot of great information he even referenced some uh, major companies how they started up and you know the startup process for them he did he referenced the bible in some of the business um, vernacular how it was based off of a bible story so he had a little bit of everything in this book so even talked a little bit about relationships he i didn't hear anything about vivica sadly but <laughs> anyway i don't know if he even did a book about that or if vivica will but honestly the book was packed and it was full of some great information it was intelligent well written maybe in a little profanity here and there but mostly he was just sitting down with us like explaining i feel like he was just explaining giving giving us the storyline the plot and kind of schooling us a little bit 
So I enjoyed seeing his journey from swaggy to savvy. And I think a lot can be learned from that. To be able to learn how to transition, to be able to adapt to changes, to be able to change footing, to change careers, to change your mindset. I really want to be that adaptable person. And I find the savviness, I think, a little more attractive than the swagginess because the swagginess to me is only a visual and it's a limited time only. You're, I do feel that people can stay attractive throughout their lifespan. I've seen, even if you age and you get older, I've seen many men continue to carry their swag. But something about that savvy, that mental stimulation, that's the stuff right there. That's the stuff that I think that's long lasting, that's going to take you as far as you need to go to the next level until there is no more. So I'm praying for that savvy. I'm praying that I can learn to adapt and transition and to work what I need to work, but work it in the right way and do it the right way with God on my side, of course, and anything is possible in that regard. So I pray for that savvy. And I pray for you if you want that savvy that God blesses you with that as well. But it's all about what the Bible says, ask, seek, and knock. You can't be passive. You can't just expect things to come. You have to look for it. You have to reach for it. You have to make that effort. And when you do, it's coming. It's on its way. So definitely ask, seek, and knock is my advice. Um, to get to that savvy and I'm trying to get there too you guys so I'm not there and I'm learning lessons I'm loving learning from others as well keep your mind open in that degree in that regard and uh, it's just a blessing to be able to do that and learn from other people's lives and their stories and learn more about yourself even in the whole interim so I'm going to close out guys if you guys want to connect with me Give me your feedback. What is it for you guys? Is it swaggy or is, or is it savvy? Which one are you into? Um, which one do you want to be? Um, what type of partner are you looking for in that area as well? Let's let's talk about it all. If you have any comments or feedback on that, again, you can email me at cbiztv at yahoo.com. That's C-B as in boy, I, Z as in zebra, T as in talk, V as in Victor at yahoo.com. Thanks for hanging out with me again, guys. Love you and God bless.